Hello everyone, welcome to our 33rd episode of Think Compliance. Join us today as we are discussing the importance of knowledge sharing. Think Compliance is brought to you by Compliatric and Ahmed Salim. My name is Dagmar Austin, happy to be co-hosting this podcast with you, Ahmed. How are you doing? Well, Dagmar, thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you had an interesting idea here, you know, you always see emails uh, about publishing by these compliance associations. Um, what do you think about publishing? Yeah, you know, as a frequent publisher, I think it's important. And, you know, I think just an episode like this just in general is important because we're always asking for people to give us input. We're always asking for people to jump on and kind of give their experience. And, you know, I think we do this because we understand that this knowledge base is so important and kind of sharing your knowledge and your experiences is is so important to anyone in the career, right? You could be a brand new compliance person. You could be someone who's a veteran. Um, there's always going to be something new. So, um, you know, always glad to see those emails requesting information, looking for publishers, looking for speakers. Uh, and I always get excited when people come up with like new, interesting ideas. Yeah, it definitely resonates and builds synergy and energy. And I love knowledge sharing. Ahmed, what do you think are like the main fears that people have that might prevent them or stop them from publishing? I mean, I think people, you know, a couple of things probably in my my just pure assumption, right? People are probably just nervous. They don't want to come off and, you know, have this idea that they're wrong or, um, you know, people may not trust in what they believe. And I think I think it's a, it's a hard thing to get over, right? But, you know, my advice to everyone is, if there's an idea you want to speak on, you're probably really knowledgeable about it. So do it. Uh, a couple of years ago, me and one of our fellow well-known compliance colleagues, Walter Johnson, good old Walter, spoke on bias, right? Aside from the fact that, uh, you know, it's something personal to me, my wife uh, a few years before had done like a really big deep dive on it. And I just thought it was the most fascinating thing, right? There's so many components to this idea of bias that we never even thought about going back to like Disney kind of creating biases in us without us even knowing. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting because there was a connection to compliance, specifically on how we treat people in investigations or how people treat compliance and just generally organizational behavior. So we did a presentation. I was not by any stretch a bias expert, but I did think it was a message that was important to kind of like the compliance field and talking about a lot of the stuff that we just don't think about, right? Microaggressions, bias that you're not aware of, right? Um, so it was scary, right? I, once again, when we're speaking, I didn't feel like I was an expert on bias, but I did feel well qualified to speak on this connection of bias and compliance and what I had learned and what I had read and spent a lot of time researching. So it was, it was a great opportunity. We did a couple of presentations that at a couple of different conferences. And now I look around, bias is a huge topic. I mean, it's the, literally the conversation everywhere. Um, and I stopped talking about it because there's much smarter and more qualified people to be the experts on it. But, you know, you just kind of got to jump in. You started the conversation. I did not, but I just happened to be a little early, probably. Actually, I um, I found your article um, maybe six months ago on bias and perception impact, and I shared it with um, with my team as part of knowledge sharing. Uh, but it's something I had kind of never really thought about. You know, you're saying in your objectives, 
you know, one, breaking down why people often make bad decisions, and then two, understanding how risk perception and inherent tendencies negatively impact compliance programs, and then three, utilizing tools to identify bias uh, to increase compliance within your organization. Um, and it's, I think it's a really good layout. I'll give the link to, uh, to your, your article here. But like things like, what is recency bias? A tendency to weigh the latest information more heavily than older information. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about that when it comes to behavior patterns to like compliance. Um, a new person in an organization, maybe they have a really bad experience in a previous org or, um, you know, someone who has been in your org and has a bad experience or perceived bad experience. I mean, they're going to, based on that recent exposure to compliance, have a really negative outpour towards you. And that that spreads, right? It spreads across departments, spreads against across the organization. Uh, and these are things that sometimes are hidden that people don't even think um, that they're doing and they just happen to be doing so. And, you know, next thing you know, you have a handful of people who just don't trust the de compliance department. And, you know, it's just for some, you know, instance that happened that you may not have even been involved with that has led to kind of this really dark path for the program. So, you know, just a deep dive into kind of a lot of the branches of what that is. But I think just a general message, though, based on that is, Forget the fact that bias is huge. That was something I thought was kind of ahead of the the current trend. And I was happy to share it. And I thought it was a super important message and kind of just to beat a dead horse, right? Like, I didn't think I was an expert in it, but I did think it was something that we should start thinking about. Love it. It kind of reminds me of thinking fast and slow. Uh, it's by Daniel, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Kahneman. Yeah, yeah, very famous book, very good book, and a very interesting book. If you haven't read it, I would highly recommend reading it. It's about 500 pages, but it's a quick 500 pages. It's a quick 500 when you're not distracted. Yeah, and it reads very easy, and it reads in like case studies and a lot of very fascinating um, concepts. I think the most interesting thing that I... Sorry, not to take this away, because I know you brought it yeah, up, but... It. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> <laughs> jump in. Oh, jump in. I think one of the things that I thought was very interesting is they talked about kind of how your mind kind of plays tricks on you. And I was reading this when, uh, you know, we at the start of COVID, my wife is hospitalized and I was taking the elevator every single day. And there are these little footprints on the elevator and two in the front, two in the back. And I always thought the two in the back were small, smaller than the two in the front. And I was reading this book and it talked about just this idea of how like your mind played tricks on you and like perception. And it made me think of that. And after I read that chapter, the next time I was on that elevator, I put my feet on both and I was like, holy gosh, they're the same exact size. <laughs> my mind is making one seem smaller. Um, completely irrelevant to everything we're talking about. But my point is a good book and a lot of things that you don't think about uh, are in that book. Sorry, I took your I took no, your I love thunder it. Away. I love it. Um, you know, what struck me with a book, you know, he's talking about there's two like systems of thinking, system one, system two, slow and fast. And um, it's so cool to think about how you think or, you know, what, you know, um, what inputs you're getting and to notice where you often might make mistakes. I don't know, with something having to do with bias or something, and then do a trigger in your brain to be like, okay, I have to do some like, you know, system two thinking on this, you know? Um, anyway, great book. This this guy won uh, the uh, Nobel Prize in economics, 
Anyway, maybe we could have him on the show next time. Yeah, he's up there with uh, Malcolm Gladwell and uh, Adam Grant. These people um, are very interesting, do a great, great amount of uh, work. So I recommend any of those individuals. I think we've talked about both Grant and Gladwell, but Kenneman needs a little more accolades on our side. Glad you brought that one up. So, Amen, for people who um, want to or explore publishing, where should they start? I mean, HCC is always looking, SCCE is looking, I mean, obviously sister orgs, we're always looking for people to come on our podcast. I mean, just look at whatever association you're part of, look at whatever journals you're reading, periodicals, you're going to see a request. Get involved. It's so important. I mean, there's probably so many things that you're doing that you don't think are are revolutionary that probably are. Um, so hop in, do it. Revolutionary. Love it. Okay, well, maybe we can we can provide some links uh, on this podcast for people who want to um, get into that. I think it's I think it's exciting and definitely worthwhile. Um, so, any everyone, thank you for listening to Think Compliance. Amit, thank you for sharing with us. Uh, please join us for our next podcast. See you later, Amit. Bye, Dagmar.